Hello, this is John Hansen, and you're listening to It's All Good, a Block Club Chicago podcast, episode number five, The Dancer and the Poet. Great episode here today. We have just turned a corner, I feel like, with the weather and the mood and the attitude. A lot of great things happening. I'm just looking at the blockclubchicago.org site right now and just scrolling through our latest stories. We are inundated, and that's a good thing, with so much good news lately. Just a couple of the headlines here I'm reading. Lincoln Square's Donk House hosting Mayfest fundraiser to support nonprofit. We've got outdoor dining events coming to Humboldt Park, the South Side, all over the place. Lollapalooza, the big news there. You can't catch me within 10 miles of Lollapalooza, but I don't care. I'm just happy it's back because when that's back, other things that I actually would go to are back too. Uh, Ravenswood Culver's opening up. I mean, we're going to Culver's, people. Come on. Good news all over the place. We got a story about a Bucktown woodworker managing to keep crafting custom cabinets. Can't say that many times fast, but that's okay. And Shaka Khan's going to play at Pride at the Park Fest. A lot of great news here for you. And that's just scrolling through. Uh, the front page of Block Club Chicago as I'm reading it. Okay, we also got some listener good news. We're going to get to that in just a little bit, but I want to get things started here on Episode 5 with a really heartwarming, great story out of the Southwest Side. The parents have expressed that to me, too. They're like, my kid is really down. Like, they don't feel the same. They don't act the same. So, like, this is just a little bit of something that, that can help them reach that normalcy or like feel that a little bit more. That's Southsider Jackie Gaitan. She is a dance instructor and co-creator of 18th Hip Hop Crew out of the Steadfast Dance Center in the Pilsen neighborhood. One of the 15 team members is 18-year-old dancer Mia Gonzalez. I started off with like a ballet class and then slowly but surely like I did tap, jazz, hip hop, lyrical, like... Latin, folklorico, like everything, musical theater. I have done everything. Those are the dancers. And for the story, we go to the reporter, Block Club Chicago's Mauricio Pena. Mauricio, good to finally have you on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited uh, to be on. And it's I've loved the episodes that, that you guys have done so far. Everyone has been so amazing. All right. Well, the check's in the mail for that. Thanks for saying that. And uh, <laughs> But where did this idea come from? I mean, how, how does two dance instructors get together and say, we want to create this for this community and we want to make sure that it is at a price that people can do it. Both Jackie and Jessica, they grew up dancing and it wasn't until they got older, like high school age, when they got involved into competitive dance. When I was in high school, that was 1000% my family. I was with them on every holiday because we were practicing till midnight. And at that time they realized that prices were very prohibitive for some people especially um, growing up on the South and West sides, people don't have that expendable cash. We want to make it affordable just because you only see dance companies, uh, competition companies on the North side. That's essentially what launched them into creating this together. They wanted to really give the youth in the neighborhoods an affordable option. A lot of the time too, the competitive teams that are just charging what they charge are for profit. So it's their business and whatever. Me and Jay don't get any money from this. It's all volunteer. And because we're in Pilsen, we really, like it's very community-based. So everyone sees that it's for the kids and they want, businesses want to help and communities want to help. All of their families are like super supportive, like the kid, the teens that are on 18. Jackie mentioned to me that some of the upfront costs alone for these competitions are 600 to $800. 
and that's just for one routine. And so they're charging about $100 up front. And then every month after that, about $10, you know, the kids are practicing at least once a week and they're, the space is, is being uh, given to them to, to practice for free. $100 is still a lot for some families. Of course it is. What I love is they say, look, if you got someone that wants to work and wants to dance and wants to learn. We'll work with you in some way, somehow. And I think long-term, what I think is great is that they're trying to really find, they're trying to find sponsors so that this can be free for the community, for the kids. And I think that's that's amazing. I think also you you talk about so many schools that are losing. First of all, they, they lost a year in general uh, for the pandemic. This on top of years of uh, elimination of the arts in so many schools and opportunities for kids just to give them an outlet to, to be creative. I knew coach Jackie and coach Jay, like for, I think like three years already, <laughs> like it's been, it's been three years. So I known them. And then when they mentioned that they were going to start um, a competition team, I was so interested. Cause I've never competed before and I'm obsessed with like their choreography. I love their hip hop choreography and I love dancing and performing. So I just decided to do it. This is such a great opportunity for the youth of the Southwest sides to be able to have that option, to have that outlet to express themselves. It's a release. It's a, it's a second family for a lot of these kids. Mia had mentioned that you're, you're bonding with those, these folks. They have your back. Honestly, I feel like we just were all work so hard. Like as soon as like we were given a correction, we all try to push ourselves and like, even like we like try and hype ourselves up like while we're performing too, to like make sure that we're all at the same like energy level and like we're all supporting each other. Being part of an experience like that really creates a sense of community and comfort because you have to put yourself in a very vulnerable place to be able to perform in front of people. And I feel like it's so important for especially like um, young kids and like around my age to definitely have like people to reach out to and talk to and have that person to person like interactions because it's just such a growing experience and time of your life. We're always communicating. Me and the team are always communicating, even if it's with or without the coaches. Because me and Jay come from a competition background, it's really hard to put into words, but like that transition into a competition rehearsal or a practice or like leading up to something sets the frame framework for like how I am today. The coaches would offer to pick up students when they couldn't, you know, get to, to practice. And I think there's not very many folks that do that. Um, mm -hmm. I remember growing up, I would do boxing. Like I would have to, you know, get there to the boxing gym, either walking or figuring it out. Just think that that care that Jessica and Jackie have for, for this, this group is an amazing thing and something that our kids, our youth need. It's uh, been a difficult year for a lot of, it's been a difficult year for everyone, but it's been a real difficult year for the South and Southwest sides of our city. You know, Jackie kind of alluded to that, even with the recent police shootings and the protests. I mean, those things have trickle-down effects to the students that are dancing with her. Some parents are scared for their kids to leave. Like when um, Adam Toledo, when that whole thing happened and, you know, was still happening, still seeking justice, some of them had to mispractice because their parents said, you know, I'm too scared for them to leave the house, which is completely valid. And this is like, and it kind of, as a coach, is like, Ooh, I don't want to get emotional, but it, it makes me sad because this is another thing that's happening that is preventing my kids from, from, you know, it's, and it's, it's a trickle down thing that some people don't realize. And it's like, 
this is so necessary and it needs to happen, but then it's also making other black and brown kids suffer from their daily lives. Not just the little village community, but just communities, uh, black and brown communities across the Southwest side who were really affected by this, this shooting. And in, in reporting that story and, and so many others, you hear from the youth in the community that, you know, they don't feel listened to and um, they don't feel protected with opportunities like 18th Street Hip Hop Crew. There's one outlet for them to, to find this family, to find this protection, to get the support that they have been looking for. A lot of stuff can go on like in our families and our households, but as soon as we're able to step in the studio, it feels like a release for us. And it's like something that we can just like let go of everything. We don't have to think about like, oh, well I have this test or like, oh, well this is going on in my family. Like, I'm able to just focus on my body and looking at my team and myself and like how we're coming together to form like this creative movement type thing. I think this is such a great opportunity for those kids to be able to have that outlet, to have that support, to have that community that they've been, you know, really looking for. I feel like we're just all family. It's like, they're like my little cousins. Like I talk to them about like anything and everything. This community has been a great support. The kids have been amazing. It's like, you know, it just, is hopefully getting better from there. A lot of us, we were talking about it in the group chat earlier. Um, when we saw the plaque and how high ranking it was, like it was like the highest you could score at that competition. We were all so excited. We were all like cheering each other on. It was just, I don't know. I just liked it so much. It was just something that you can never like get back like that feeling. Five, six, seven, eight, Am I remembering this correctly? Are you a dancer, Marisa? Have you done some <laughs> dancing? I have. What sort of good dance did you do? Um, hip hop dancing. I, That's right. Yeah. I interestingly enough in high school, I it was for a rally. The girls had this um, this dance team. They were going to do this dance. They wanted the guys, group of guys, to come out and do the chicken dance before them. And I was like, I'm not going to embarrass myself with the chicken dance. And so one of my sisters helped me choreograph a dance and I got a, a group of my buddies together and we we did this dance and a lot of people were kind of taken back and then we continued to do these dances and then in college I did a little bit more and I started taking professional dance classes after college and still take them when I can. Didn't get a chance to do it in the last year. Yeah, yeah it's it's such a fun experience so I'm I'm excited to see these kids being able to do that because it's such a fun, like I said, cathartic experience and, and dancing is, is amazing. <laughs> I can't remember what I had for breakfast this morning, but I am so proud that I remember that Mauricio Pena. <laughs> I don't know where in my brain I pulled that out of, but I'm very happy I did. Uh, before I let you go, Mauricio, it is a good news podcast. And you don't do it for this. And you do such a great job with this story, obviously, but so many other stories. Congrats on your Lizagor Award. Thank you very much. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't have done it with the, the Block Club team. The editors have been so supportive. And also, you know, the community, the Little Village community who has picked up the phone, opened the door to my many calls to be able to, to report every day. And so I thank them every mm -hmm. single day for being able to you know for opening the door and being receptive to to listen to me and and to answer my questions and so i couldn't have done it with the editors i couldn't have done it with the without the block club team or the little village community and the communities that i cover that are willing to to talk with me from all these stories that i report 
Well, you do awesome work. It is an honor well earned. Congratulations and great job with this story. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much. All right, we got some listener good news from Teresa. She says she got a new job and grandma is going to finally be able to visit and meet the baby. All right, nice job, Teresa. On Twitter, at She's Neon said, just been feeling good all around. Honestly, hope to keep this up every day. All right. And Sean just posted a picture from Marty's Martini Bar with a sign up saying, we made it. 15 months closed, and we're finally reopening on June 1st. Can you help spread the word, please? We can. Marty's Martini Bar reopening on June 1st. Nice job. Also, one of our listeners recorded a voice memo and sent it to podcast at blockclubshy.org. Hey, John. Thanks so much. You know, an avid listener of Black Club Chicago. I love it. I am uh, the founder and director of the Get Growing Foundation. We're a nonprofit organization that brings green to underserved communities. Part of it is this really cool thing called Plant Truck Chicago, and it's unique really across the country. We're one of the first in the country to have this Plant Truck Chicago, and we do pop-ups in and around the city, and proceeds from those pop-ups and the plant sales that we do help fund us bringing plant material to underserved communities. And last year, even during the pandemic, we were able to uh, deliver 3,100 edible plants, tomato plants, herb plants, a variety of different things out into underserved communities. What I want to tell you about right now is something exciting because we are creating the Get Growing Expo. And the idea is that we're going to take three basic elements of the garden show and bring it out into different communities. And we're going to kick it off on Michigan Avenue, June 4th through the 6th in Pioneer Court. We're going to have educational speakers on the hour, but we're also going to have make and take terrarium workshops where you can create your own terrarium and take it home with you. Not only that, we'll have Plant Truck Chicago there, and you'll be able to buy plants, all of that supporting what we're doing at Get Growing Foundation. Our second one in the North Lawndale community, and then the third one inside Brookfield Zoo, getgrowingexpo.org. Follow us at Plant Truck Chicago and visit us at one of our pop-ups. Thanks for that, Tony. Thanks for listening. And if you want to promote what you're doing in a nonprofit or really any good news at all, we'll take it whatever. You can email to podcast at blockclubshy.org. Record it in your own voice to get to the front of the line. All right, let's continue here with episode five. We heard the story of the dancer. And now here is the poet. But there is fruit, and thou hast hands. Recover all thy side-blown age on double pleasures. Leave thy cold dispute. That's Catherine Herrera, a 17-year-old senior at Taft High School, just winning the state championship in Poetry Out Loud. And Ariel Perella, you covered the Northwest side, and boy, she is talented as can be for 17 years old. She is. And what I really loved about talking to her was that she really acknowledged her progress over the past three years and that she, she's been doing poetry for three years and theater. It was nice that she's like, you know, I am really proud of myself. And it was just really sweet to hear that and to see like she's noticed her own growth. I started off as someone who did it my sophomore year 
um, in class for some extra credit <laughs> and then all the way to senior year where I continued doing it because it was honestly such an amazing experience the first time um, and I continued doing it and I got to where I am now. <laughs> she knows like more the more time she spends with this she can just continue to grow so that was really beautiful. I imagine it's while you're performing someone else's words you want to identify with it in a personal way. Right yeah she was talking a lot about um, her favorite poem which was um, the caller. For her, she thinks like that piece was really strong narrative. And so she picked pieces that had a very different, different characters in each piece, but ones that she found she could relate to differently. And they're all just um, really showcase her voice in different ways. And they all also just showcase like her performance style. And so she had some help from her teacher knows her work really well and was able to help her pick these three pieces. And, and in doing Poetry Out Loud, it, it helped me realize that the purpose was to portray the poet's intentions and really help an audience understand the meaning behind a poem. It sounds like Taft, they've got quite a, well, an extensive theater program. She's been heavily involved in it. That's yep. great. Yep. And it's also cool to know that it was the school inspired by by Grease the musical and that an alum from Taft wrote about it. And when I found that out, I was just like even more excited. <laughs> How is she gonna is she gonna use some of this in her next adventure and in life? She said yes. She's going to Columbia University and so she's hoping to get involved in the theater program there and in the poetry program and hopefully it will be in person because she was saying for me when it comes to doing virtual versus doing it's in person and on an actual mm -hmm. stage. I tend to be a person that gets super nervous and super nitpicky about everything that I do. So I, I focus on every little thing and what that does is it makes a person very tense. But when I'm in front of an audience, the adrenaline that I get combined with the nerves and everything help me forget about every single little thing that I focus on and just lets it come out naturally. And that's when I feel like my performances are the best. She definitely will be continuing on and I'm excited to see what she does with that. Yeah, back on the stage with people watching. That's what we need to have. Errol, yeah. you, uh, you into poetry at all? I am and actually like talking <laughs> Um, actually, it's funny, like, I know this is a podcast, but the shirt that I'm wearing is my theater shirt from high school. I didn't, I didn't even put those two together until just now. Um, <laughs> but like talking to Catherine, I really resonated with her just because I did theater in high school, but I also did writing and I like wrote poetry. I was a little too nervous to do poetry on a stage. So kudos to her. But when I was talking to her, it was this really nice memory of my own high school journey of, cause she was talking about how she had to pick for, between um, sports and theater and she chose theater and I had the same experience. And then I also was into poetry and theater. And so just, I loved her story because it reminded me of, of, of high school. And I, I love my theater, theater family back home. And I'm like, even though I'm not doing that anymore, it definitely has uh, influenced me. Were yeah. you like a musical theater person or no. what? No. I wish. I mean, I did do some musicals. I did Oliver. Uh, I played uh. Oliver's dying mother on stage. So got oh. to die on stage. <laughs> wow. I know. Okay. Crazy. <laughs> All right. Enough about us, Ariel. I'm really excited for her and uh, best of luck. I think that's great news. Wonderful stuff coming out of the Norwood Park neighborhood. Uh, Catherine's got a bright future. I agree. I agree. Yes. So do you, Ariel, though. So don't sell yourself short. You can still make. <laughs> Thank you. That's a pick me up I needed. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good day now. 
I will. Thank you. <laughs> and I hope you do too. Thanks so much for listening to It's All Good, a Block Club Chicago podcast. Would love for you to subscribe, rate, and uh, tell your friends about the podcast and all the great news that's happening here in Chicago. You can head to our website, blockclubchicago.org, for all of these great stories and plenty more. Until next time, later, Gator. I still, I don't know. I How do you end the, bye-bye, okay, so long, farewell. Um, I, need a, I need a slogan to end this. Let us know. I'm just going to stop talking now. Bye.